Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. What a fantastic day of motorsports around the globe it was here in the United States, around the world. This John Massengale sitting in studio. Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser are not in studio. Jonathan Green is joining us from the from Long Beach, where they had the uh, Toyota Grand Prix out there. Mr. Green, are you there? Do we have you, Mr. Yeah, Green? Yeah, can you hear me? How about... Uh... We got you, buddy. Yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. We know you're just getting set up out uh, there. So yeah, I'm just... Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, it's it's pretty, pretty frantic right here because the race has just finished and... Pretty emotional race weekend uh, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, with Hinchcliffe winning after, oh man, such a long time. Well, well. so let me run down what we got on the show. Jonathan's just getting set up with us. So we've got, uh, listen, we had a fantastic race in China with Formula One because, you know, we didn't know what to expect this season. Thought we might have not so much passing, a little, a little boring, but it's been quite the opposite so far. And so we're going to cover that. In fact, I just got off the phone with Inga Strecka, our F1 correspondent. We're going to play that interview here in just a second. And we also have uh, IMSA driver Ringer Vanderzana joining us. He's going to join us live at 7.30 here in about a half hour. And really excited, we have Andrew Craig. He's the permanent representative for the FIA WEC, and he's going to join us live here in about 15 minutes. And, of course, Jonathan's out there at the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, and we're going to talk about IndyCar with him, and we're going to talk some MotoGP because it was in Argentina Lots of crashes. Not a good weekend if your name was Marquez out there. So we got a ton to talk about. And while Jonathan's getting set up, we are going to jump right in and we're going to play this interview that I did with Inga Strecka. This was just about an hour ago, so it's all fresh. And we're talking about the uh, the Chinese Grand Prix with uh, in Formula One. So let's hear this with Inga Strecka right now. We want to welcome back to the show Inga Strecka, our F1 correspondent. Inga, welcome back to Speed City. Always great to have you. Hey there, John. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. It was an exciting race today. Oh, man, it was a fantastic race. Unbelievable, really. I mean, considering we're so worried about this year where we're going to have overtaking. Is it Was it going to be exciting? But it was really incredible. And uh, a little bit of rain in Shanghai took care of all that as well. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it was the same last year. There was a lot of overtaking moves moves um on this track and um it showed again um rain the matching track and bang you have a super exciting race and some maneuvers were just thrilling yeah it was amazing but i gotta ask you uh about the overtake that vettel did of ricardo with rubbing tires and the smoke i even heard that ricardo's tires had had some of the uh the letters rubbed off yeah yeah oh massive and and that's you know a lot of people saying Fettel can't overtake. That was a brilliant move and very, very straightforward. You know, he was not giving in. And uh, it was very fair between the two of them. They know each other very well. And they did bang wheels twice. He wouldn't have had to overtake had he not had such a bad luck with the safety car earlier. You know, he was like fighting with Lewis at the start. 
And then he made the early stop, which could have worked out as like an undercard kind of thing, um, had the safety car not come in. So um, that was the reason why Vettel in, in the first place had to actually fight his way back up the field. Well, Inga, what other highlights of the race were your favorites? Oh, man, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't like recall them all. I mean, it was the overtaking. It was the fights. But there were also some funny moments, you know, like um, Mercedes seemed to have a bit of a confusion on their radio. When um, their engineer once said to um, Valtteri Bottas, come on, Nico, make more pressure. And then he corrected himself, uh, Valtteri. So that was quite funny. And um, on another moment, um, uh, they they told Hamilton that he has um, Varen behind him. Varen left Formula One at the end of 2014. And of, of course, they were confused because nowadays um Verstappen has the shortage VER like Varen did on the screens. And then, you know... Um, Max Verstappen moving up the field from P16 to start, nine cars on the first lap um, to come in third in the end. And he said it felt to him like um, a video game. Okay, I got to ask you about Max Verstappen. Watching him now, unbelievable that he's, it's obvious that he is now the future superstar of F1. I know we had that same impression last year, but after seeing him today, uh, I mean, it's obvious uh, that he's a future superstar. Oh, definitely. I mean, even Lewis Hamilton, he looked over him uh, on the podium and he said, um, we have to see what this young man has been doing, how he can so easily overtake. And then Max looked over there and said, "Uh, you know, you guys got to stop calling me young man. (laughs) It was quite funny. But um, definitely he has the respect from the others as well. What about Carlos Sainz? I saw him after the race and he was talking about when he found out that he was the only one starting on slicks and and how that was a daunting thought. And then uh, and obviously he did well. Yeah, I mean, actually, I thought there would be a few more in slicks. It, it, like maybe, you know, like the McLarens, for example, nothing to lose. You might as well risk it and do it. But no, Sainz was the only one. And it's quite funny later. Um, you look at his Twitter feed and he's like tweeting, ha, ha, ha. Um, everybody telling me it was too risky to go on slicks. It did pay off. It did pay off. I mean, he came in P7, had a great race. Okay, Inga, one more question for you here about Hamilton and Vettel. At the end of the race and when they were parking the cars, Hamilton went up to Vettel and was very adamant about talking to him. And he uh, was obviously congratulating him. And I don't know what he said, obviously, but it seemed like he was enjoying the competition and, and genuinely respected Vettel. Uh, do you think that that's, you know, is that a is that a change in the relationship? Uh, I, I mean, first of all, it was absolute sincere. These guys, those two, they respect each other. They so enjoy racing, fighting against each other. Hamilton's been saying he's been waiting for something like that. For him, it must be refreshing to fight against another driver who's in another car, not the teammate being the overly strong one. And I think he enjoys the fight also Mercedes against Ferrari. It's really exciting. And as long as he keeps having the upper hand, um, you know, every second time, <laughs> it makes it really exciting. 43 points. They're tied uh, in the championship after two races. That's brilliant. And um, I do think that um, they respect each other. They like each other. And I think they always have respected each other. Inga, let me ask you about Botas, Valtteri Botas. And obviously he didn't do as well as Mercedes would have liked him to do. But about his spin behind the safety car. I mean, wow, that's a huge mistake. I never saw it. I watched the whole race and never saw it. But what about that spin uh, during, you know, yellow car conditions, yellow flag conditions? 
Yeah, that, and he did apologize to the team, to the fans, to everybody. Um, he also did have a, a bit of a slow stop, like a slow getaway at one of the stops. Um, he was, he was, um, I wouldn't say devastated, but he was uh, visibly disappointed after the race. And I think he will come back even stronger again. And, um, there is no break, you know, everybody's already headed off to Bahrain. For the next race, so he's got another chance in a few days. Inga, an interesting statistic I heard during the race today that these cars were the new 2017 F1 cars were five seconds faster than they were in 2016 and seven seconds faster than 2015. So we've made huge leaps. Uh, what were the drivers? I know you got to be in the paddock in, at Australia. What were the drivers saying about the new cars? Of course, and I mean, even Lewis Hamilton said it today. He said. These cars are fantastic. They make us look great. They are fun to drive. Yes, they are much harder to drive, but it's it's better, you know, it's a better car. It's, we have more speed in the corners. And I think he says what everybody is saying and thinking. Um, and just a little fact here, um, Michael Schumacher held the track record in Shanghai since 2004. And um, that was beaten by more than half a second by the top four on Saturday in qualifying. So um, that says a lot. I mean, that record held till, since 2004 and was beaten by so many drivers today. And the 2016 pole position time by Rosberg was beaten by everybody except two drivers in qualifying this weekend. Yes. Yeah, and them doing this, these incredible lap times, so much faster than before, and they're doing it without the top speeds. They're doing it with... All the gains are coming in the corners, the lateral Gs. Definitely. And I remember like a, a lot of the older drivers been saying for many years, guys, just go and get bigger tires again. Let's get bigger tires. I think even Damon Hill said it. So um, now we have it. And you see them going through the corners. I mean, I think I said that last time I was on the show and when we when I was in Melbourne, um, they go through the corner, they stick, they stick, they stick. It's like huge G-forces, much harder on the driver's necks and physical but if then there's the slightest mistake, then they're off. You know, it makes me think, are we going to reach the physical limitation of the driver before too long? We keep increasing these G-forces like that. Huh. We've got yet to see that. But, I mean, speaking of physical limitation, you know, Pascal Wehrlein was once again not racing this weekend. And um, he said he he's training. He's trying to come back in Bahrain next weekend. And Toto Wolff actually went out and he said, um, because um, Wehrlein is a Mercedes young driver, um, and he said, um, we have to protect Pascal because there's been so many rumors. There were rumors that Ferrari wanted Giovinazzi to race and therefore um, Wehrlein was booted out and stuff. So Toto Wolff and then said, none of this is true. The um, injuries that Pascal had in the race of champions in Miami were actually a lot more than a lot worse than we all thought. It was fractures in the neck area and um, and start strong bruising. And he therefore was like almost in a, um, a corsage, I think you guys call it. Like he was like confined. He couldn't move for like seven weeks. And um, that's that's a long time of not training, especially with these cars. Maybe last year's car would have been easier. Yeah, I saw Pascal Verlein's wreck when it happened uh, at the Race of Champions, and that, that looked pretty scary. Well, Inga, thank you so much for coming on Speed City, keeping us up to date. I know it's late over there. Go to bed, and uh, we really appreciate it. And, of course, we will talk to you soon. It's always a pleasure. All right. Well, that was uh, Inga Strecker. And she's calling in from Germany. So uh, we are going to go straight to a break because when we come back, we're really excited because we have Andrew Craig. He's the North American representative 
to the FIE World Endurance Championship, and they start their season next week. And of course, we got tons more on the show. We got Jonathan Green going to be, he's going to join us in this next segment as well because he's out in uh, Long Beach, been out there for IndyCar and such. So uh, we will take a break now. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambi Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambi Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambi Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. We know Austin traffic can be a challenge. Come on, I can drive a tank to that gap. Put your foot on the gas and move it. Beat the commute with time saver traffic. Mornings and afternoons on Talk 1370. The right choice. Thanks for making the right choice. I don't know where I would get the truth if it weren't for you. Talk 1370. Hi, I'm J.D. Beach, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Um, we are live in Austin, Texas, and we're about to join our next guest, Jonathan Green, out in Long Beach. Do we have you, sir? Yeah, can you hear me okay? We got you, buddy. Okay, cool. Did you hear J.D. Beach bringing us back? It made me smile when I heard his voice. I know. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, JD, JD, of course, will be in action against uh, Texas's own Garrett Gerloff. I think this is going to be an almighty battle between those two this season. It's going to be good. It's going to be a blast. Can I just... pick up on something uh, Inga said? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, you mentioned whether there was going to be a camaraderie between um, Vettel and Hamilton. I think there's a whole breath of fresh air between the fact that all of them um, now with Rosberg gone and not that Rosberg was a was a bad apple or anything. But I think now that Hamilton has a straight fight with Vettel and it's red versus gray or red versus silver arrows. Um, and there's others in the mix, especially Verstappen, Ricardo and uh, Raikkonen. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, I do too, Jonathan. It's going to be really exciting to watch. But all right, we're going to jump right in with our next guest because I'm very excited. As you know, if you follow Speed City, the FIA World Endurance Championship is about to get underway at Silverstone next week. And we have the North American representative for FIA WEC, and it's Andrew Craig. Andrew, welcome back to Speed City. Yeah, hi, John. It's great to be on the show. Yeah, so excited to have you back, Andrew. How are you doing? 
I'm good. I'm good. Just back from a long trip to Europe, but uh, good to be back in the States. Well, I want to jump right in and talk about WEC because obviously we got you guys kicking off the season next week at Silverstone and and I, I you know obviously there's a ton of stuff happening over the over the uh, off season and I want to start with that you know because there's some interesting rule changes. Can you uh, give us some of the highlights there? Yeah, I mean as as your your listeners will know, we we run the series in four divisions. Uh, LMP1, which is Le Mans Prototypes 1, LMP2, and then, of course, there are two classes, GTE, which is GT Endurance. Uh, in LMP1, uh, very sadly, of course, we lost Audi in the off-season. Uh, very sad to see them go. Great great race team, a great company. Having said that, uh, WC is actively pursuing a third manufacturer to join the series. It's too early to comment on how that's going, but... Uh, it's, it's a positive conversation, but uh, time will tell as to what happens there. So we're left with, with Porsche and Toyota, but I can assure you that based on what happened at the prologue, which is our pre-season event uh, last weekend, uh, this is going to be a very, very competitive series. Uh, Toyota were, were fastest, but uh, obviously Porsche were, Porsche were very close to them. And it's uh, uh, all signs there. This is going to be highly competitive. I mean, a couple of points. Um, Porsche brought back uh, the 2015 Le Mans winners, Al Bamba and Nick Tandy. And on Toyota's side, although they're, they're running the, the, the same car, it's radically updated. Uh, during the off-season, they did 30,000 kilometers of testing. Uh, and they wow. ran 650 uh, laps, or, I'm sorry, miles, I think it was, at, um, at you, you will recall that, you know, sadly... Uh, Le Mans last year, the, the Toyota effort failed on pretty well the last lap. Uh, so, given the testing they've done, I think they're highly competitive. They're going to have three cars in Le Mans, two in the rest of the season. But these guys are ready to go racing in a very major way. And certainly, Toyota. Like uh, That's why they want to get Very competitive for, for this year. Well, that's really. That, I, I know it is a shame to, to lose a player in this game, but. Uh, it's obviously that, that that's not going to slow you down, guys, down at all, and uh, and it's going to be a big deal. So, uh, but what about some of the? You know, one thing I was really excited to read about is the automatic balance of performance and uh, in the GTE class, GTE Pro class. Um, what what do, can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, um, first of all, in GTE we have uh, we've got Ferrari. Uh, oh, actually, it's one thing very important before we start. Uh, this is now a world championship. So it's an FIA world championship for GT cars. That's new this year. We're very confident this will attract other manufacturers into into the the, 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 the series. Uh, but you know, when we're not sort of seeing either, we've got Ferrari uh, with the 48 GTE, Ford with the GT, Porsche with the 911 RSR, and Aston Martin with the, the Vantage GTE. Um, as far as balance of performance is concerned. Uh, every year, I mean, in every series where you have BOP, there's a struggle, a struggle right. to get this right, to get this right. And, and very frankly, I don't have the, all the details in front of me, but I do know that our uh, friends of the FIA have come up with a system which should be far fairer, uh, far more equal, and will eliminate what many people see as a subjectivity that, that exists in BOP so far. So we're very confident about this. We're going to have 13 cars in GT, and that's both in the AM and the Pro classes. So we're in good shape. Uh, and, and by the way, we skipped over LMP2, where we have 10 cars. 
highly competitive, all using the same engine, two different chassis manufacturers. So this is really shaping up to be, I think, a very, very strong series indeed. Well, it sounds like it. And, you know, it's always been a, such a strong series. And obviously one of our favorites at Circuit of the Americas, uh, that racing into the night here is uh, it's really a highlight of the race season at Coda. And so it's it's obviously incredible. But uh, I'm going to check with our producer. I have a clip, Andrew, I think you're going to want to hear that uh, it's really interesting. We had uh, We did a couple of interviews this week. And we had uh, an interview with Harry uh, Ticknell, and he had um, he had some really interesting things to say. It's just about forty five seconds. I want to play that for you. Sure, let's hear it. Oh, you know what? About producers, we've only he said he's only got the seven minute interview, so we'll see if we can get that queued up. But uh, but he was he was just really excited because his career, where he was talking about his career, he's like, I'm not sure if I should go to GP two to IndyCar. And he said, when I got the opportunity to go to, to FIAWC, he said, it was, it was a dream come true. And he said, you know, I'm fighting against the world's best. And I think really that's, that, that's the whole idea with the, in the name, the World Endurance Championship, the best of the best in sports cars and prototypes. And no, I, I, think that's, I think that's absolutely right. Um, in fact, last year, I know a number of F1 drivers were seriously looking at uh, uh, making the switch uh, over to uh, to WC. Um, in fact, I have to say, I think probably with the new F1 regs, maybe people want to stay over there right now, but that's fine. Uh, but certainly we are offering a very, very competitive environment for fans. Uh, sorry, for, for drivers. Uh, but, you know, just coming back to this year's race at, uh, at Circuit of the Americas, which is on September the 16th, we're, we're running a different format this year. We're not running with, with IMSA. IMSA have their own dates at, at, uh, at COTA. Uh, so it'll be a WC on its own. But we have two uh, support series, um, one of which is, um, and the first time in the U.S., is the World Series Formula V8 3.5. What a snappy title. Yeah. Uh, this, for people who don't know, is a single-seater series. It uh, uses 3.8-liter V8 engines for Zytec. Producing about 530 horsepower. These cars are incredibly fast. They're also incredibly loud, just like Formula One cars used to be. Yeah. And it's a series which produced people like uh, Fernando Alonso, Vettel Race there, Kevin Magnussen, Kevin uh, Carlos Sanz. So it's a terrific series. And this will be the very first time these cars will be seen in the USA. Plus, we have the Ferrari Challenge uh, with the Ferrari 488. Uh, that's a new car for the Ferrari Challenge for this year. I think that car was Supercar of the Year, according to Top Gear a couple of years back. Uh, these, again, are sort of very fast cars, 3.8 liters, twin-turbo, V8 cars. And by the way, <laughs> the car is called the 488 because each cylinder is 488cc. So, uh, great race, uh, two great support races. Uh, tickets are on sale right now. It's a two-day ticket at uh, $79 for two-day pass, which will number 12 getting free. And oh. it's open seating, so you can move around the track, go to the grandstands, hit the grandstands. And for the first time, the grid wall, the grid wall where everybody who has a ticket can come on the grid prior to the race. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, you can get yeah. your tickets at you can get your tickets at circuitoftheamericas.com. You know, that is I'm glad you brought that up about those support series because those sound awesome. And I can't actually pun intended, I can't wait to hear the sound too, because that's gonna be Exciting and really, you know, I know you guys were here with IMSA in the past, but we love it this way because now we get double weekends, and you guys are bringing these support series 
So it's just more racing for us here at Austin. So that just is, is fantastic as far as we're concerned. Yeah, I'm very pleased to see an open wheel series on on the uh, on, on the on the schedule because you know I think we need to give a bit more variation. We we love racing them, so it's great. Um, but quite frankly, it was it was a festival of sports car racing, and that's also great. But it's also good, I think, to have something a little different. Um, so we're we're very very encouraged by by this. We think it's uh, it's going to be good. And by the way, these V8 3.5 cars are racing with WC throughout the whole year. So this is, this is very much a part of their championship. So they'll be racing at Silverstone this upcoming weekend, uh, and they'll be racing every race throughout the year. So it's a very good opportunity for, to, to see these cars. That's fantastic. And, of course, uh, kids 12 and under are free with those tickets. But, hey, Andrew, uh, we have that interview with Harry. I want to play that, that little short clip because yeah, it's really great. awesome. Let's hear that. That's kind of at a crossroads in my career. Do I keep trying to find the sponsorship to, to move up to GP2? Do I look at maybe doing Indy Lights in America, go on the IndyCar ladder? Um, or do I try sports cars? And So you see this is the future. Why is WEC so important? WEC's huge. I mean, it's the world championship. It's got Le Mans. Um, it's, you know, Le Mans is the biggest race in the world. Every manufacturer wants to win there. And uh, to have that as part of the world championship is massive. And I don't think there's any manufacturer in the world who doesn't want to say that their car is a world championship winning car. I mean, who doesn't want to see, you know, the Ford and Ferrari rivalry, you know, 50 years on and adding in Aston Martin and Porsche and Corvette uh, in with that as well. And BMW coming in next year, it's just growing and growing. And as a driver, there's no better place that I'd rather be right now. So you'll be going to the States, obviously, in WEC. So uh, you're looking forward to that particularly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Austin is one of the one of the best tracks in the world. I love Texas, um, and obviously home race for Ford. So there's a lot of pressure for us to do well. But uh, can't wait for that one. Obviously, Andrew, he's looking forward to that. In fact, we have that uh, that full interview we're going to put out on our SoundCloud account too, and that was Nick Kennerly interviewing him. And so, yeah, he said a bunch of drivers will always look forward to Coda. Yeah, and he he made the point there as well that, of course, now in GT it's a world championship, which really is a significant change. And he's absolutely right. More manufacturers will be coming to the series. BMW coming next year. But I, I think others are going to follow from, from what I've seen and what I've heard. Uh, so I think we're looking at a very, very bright future for, uh, for WC and also for particularly for its GT class. Yeah, well, I cannot wait for it. Andrew Craig, we really appreciate you coming back on Speed City. You are always welcome anytime. North American representative for the FIA World Endurance Championship, Andrew Craig. Thanks a lot, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Good to talk to you. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. All right, well, we're going to take a break because when we come back, we, uh, we're going to have a bunch more show, and we're really excited for our next guest because we have Ringer Vanderzand, and he's going to talk about his race season this so far. Awesome, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Listen to Speed City live in Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. 
with hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley services ride on. No longer is Bud's located in downtown Austin. It's now Rebels HD and has moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring your new, used, and abused. But remember, there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RebelsHD.com. The racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. If every talk radio program were the same, what would be the point? The Michael Berry Show is a little bit different. We're going to talk about politics, but we'll also talk about how great it is to live in Texas. Weekdays, 5 to 7 on Talk 1370. It's the Michael Berry Show. Here, when you need us, Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Thank you, Mr. Gene Haas, for walking us back from the break. We're live in Austin, and we are really excited. We're going to jump right in because our next guest is a pretty amazing race car driver. Let me talk about Ringer van der Zand. He's driven in virtually every race series, including Formula Renault, A1GP, GP2, DTM, ALMS, WC, DTM, Porsche Super Cup, Blanc Pine Endurance Series, and IMSA. So let's welcome to the show Ringer Vandezen. How are you doing, Ringer? Hi guys. Yeah, very good. Very good. That's uh, that's a nice introduction there, and uh, yeah, <laughs> happy to be on the show. So uh, here we are. Well, we're very excited to have someone who's done all those things. But I do know that this was not the greatest weekend for you, and I'm sorry you had a it, it didn't have such a good uh, a good weekend this weekend. Tell us what happened. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I had a, a really short weekend to be honest, because uh, after free practice one started, I think uh, within half an hour. Our car was wrecked. I was in the wall and straight to the medical center. So uh, it was not very good. Uh, the brakes on the front failed, and uh, we're still looking on what it was. But uh, I had a really hard impact. We uh, we raced in Long Beach on a street track, and on the street track, there's no runoff, obviously. Um, so I went straight into the wall, and um, uh, I'm totally fine. So I'm I'm not I'm not hurt at all. But uh, the car was uh, was was in pieces. So uh, the monocoque, which is uh, protecting me. And it did work, you know, it, it protected me very well, but the monocle was broken and that meant the end of our weekend. So uh, that, was a, that was a real shame, real bummer. Well, you did answer my next question because I, that looked really, really tough and I'm glad you're okay. And I think you're right. I think it's amazing how safe just race driving has become in general across almost every series. So it's, but it's good to have you uh, say that you're okay and I'm, and I'm glad that happened so uh, that you're okay. So let's talk a little bit about you know your your history in IMSA. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, last year you won the championship in the in the prototype uh, the prototype challenge class, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. We won the championship that was with uh, Starworks Motorsports together with Alex Popov, uh, the guy from Venezuela. He's super quick. Um, he was my teammate, and uh, we uh, we won the championship together. It was a, it was a really good year. I think um, you know actually in Austin was the race when it all 
was decided more or less because um, we won that race by a, by a big fight. You know, it was so close and uh, such a cool fight because of strategy and so on. And at the end, we won it. And uh, the next race was Petit Le Mans, but we were already champions. So uh, one race before the end, we we clinched it in Austin, and um, it, it's it's a cool championship um, uh, about IMSA. I think it's the best championship to be in. As you see, I, I race in a lot of championships, and I think IMSA is one of the the, the ones that I want to be in for the for the rest of my career, at least, because it's uh, it's always a fight. You know, um, there's always a bunch of safety cars, and uh, uh, which keeps keeps the group together. And it's also possible to come back if you're in a nowhere position. And I think you know, on track, the fighting, the the wheel banging, and uh, the overtaking is uh, is really. In a fair way, the drivers are fair. The the, the race director is treating us very fair, um, and uh, I I just love it there. So it's it's really cool, really cool to be there. And uh, obviously this time in the prototype class, the highest class in the series. So uh, very pleased with that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The premier class in IMSA, and and I agree with you. I mean, I, when uh, when IMSA became the the entity that we are now, and then now the WeatherTech series, but. Uh, you know, there was questions, and, but I think all those questions have been answered, and it's been really successful. And more importantly, it's been really great, exciting racing, and a lot of it feels like the sport is growing, and it feels like the the uh, that that the IMSA, the whole concept is is just as uh, every possible thing that they wanted to do. It looks like they've done it. That's correct. I think uh, I think you're right. Uh right there because um you know with the dpi the the manufacturers before involved now in uh in imsa in the prototype class everyone was like mm-hmm, is this anyway gonna work is there any way someone jumping in and uh, i think there's a lot of talks about a lot of manufacturers already joining now and i think if you look at the gt class for example on its own which is not the highest class but it's it's a very very competitive class so to have four classes actually three classes next year the gtlm the peak car and also the GTD, and all those classes are super competitive. So there's always something, there's always a fight going on somewhere on track which can be followed. So for the spectators, and I think for the show, for the TV, is very, very good. I think also for drivers, it actually doesn't matter which class you're in. You're always on a very high level, racing on a very high level where uh, manufacturers are involved and super, super good teams are running the cars and um, um, super good drivers, they attract to the team. So the level of... IMSA is becoming bigger every year, and it's great to be a part of that uh, of that series right now. Well, we got our man Jonathan Green. He's actually out there in Long Beach, and he's connected on the line. Jonathan, you got a question for for Ringer, don't you? Yeah, I do, Ranger. I'm sorry about last uh, yeah, this weekend, and uh, I'm sure you kind of bummed yourself. But I got to ask the question: Having watched yesterday's race, what are we going to do about these Taylor brothers, and what are we going to do about this Cadillac? Because it, it looks <laughs> as though they've kind of forged a bit of a, an unstoppable force at the moment. Um, how far behind are you guys and, and the rest of everybody? Because they they've started very well. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's the, the right question, you know. I mean uh, the Taylor brothers are uh, are doing very very well. Um, obviously they are on a roll, and a, and a roll normally normally also has an end. <laughs> so um, I think Daytona they did a superb job. Uh, Sebring the same thing, um, and I think in Long Beach the others make a lot of mistakes. So we were not there to race because we were out after free practice. I think the the other DPIs like um, even the Nissan, I think. To be honest, he gave it away a little bit when he got overtaken by the Taylor brothers. So at the moment, they are the only one who is just doing it right. And I think that's a trick, you know. They will make, start making mistakes, but I think also the others are starting to make less mistakes. And I think that's the key to, to beat them. So, um, yes, they're doing a good job, but I'm 
pretty sure that we can beat them and uh, give them a, a run for the money. Yeah. Well, yeah, we hope so because yeah, it's fun to see the Cadillacs come in and the new DPI all do well. But we got to we got to keep it competitive. But let's talk about your machinery, your car. And I mean, I know this weekend's not the greatest weekend to talk about it, but you know, we got a lot of gearheads that listen to this show. Talk about to talk about the car and and uh, yeah. and, and and you guys and what you're racing. Yeah, we are. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna tell any fairy tales here because, um, uh, like you say, the petrolheads know exactly how it's going, and I think. We can be very fair about uh, our situation right now. We are still struggling a little bit for speed, and I think the speed has to come from the car. Our engine is a Gibson engine, which means it's the same engine as in the WEC, where everybody in LMP2 has the same engine. So the engine that we have running in the, in the IMSA championship is more or less the baseline for the other one. So they balance up all the different manufacturers to have some sort of the same speed on track so we can fight each other. And I, I think at the moment it's... It's not correct yet, so like you say, you know, the DPI of uh, the Cadillacs are a little bit too fast. I think also, um, for example, the Nissan has been a little bit too good on top speed, so they are still balancing it up, and I think our Gibson engine is the baseline, so they will never decrease or increase our power. Um, but our biggest problem right now is that our car is just so fresh. We got the car very late, so at the end of December, we got the car delivered. It's the Riley chassis um, with all a lot of involvement for Multimatic as well. And the Multimatic guys are working flat out together with Riley and together with us to, to make our chassis better because we, we lack a lot of top speed. Um, that's not because of the engine, that's because of drag. So we have quite a bit of downforce on the car, but we still have to improve to make it more efficient. So less drag and keep the same amount of downforce. And that's a, that's a really hard task. So I'm not sure if you guys follow me. Um, I mean, downforce all that kind of uh, words but uh, that's oh, more, yeah. more or less where we are absolutely i mean that's i mean isn't that's that's the classic race car balance of you know do you have enough downforce to to do what you want to do in the corners but would have enough uh, aerodynamics to be fast in the straight so I, right I, that's correct yeah yeah and i know that uh, being a fresh car and getting all that set up it's so yeah. uh, you know that all that's a big deal but uh, you know, we just had Andrew Craig, who's the uh, right before you on the show. He's the North American representative for for WEC, and I wanted to ask you. You know, what is your? You, know, you talked about racing in IMSA a long time, but um, uh, you know, you've you've watched a lot of these drivers. What do you make of of Max Verstappen? I mean, Max is something something phenomenal, right? I mean, watching him go again in, here in Shanghai. You know, he's doing things that other can't do. So. It's unreal. It's uh, for me as a driver looking at him, looking at his onboard and the, the overtakes that he does is just goosebumps all over. You know, it's it's something <laughs> something special to watch. And it's um, it's of course I'm from Holland, so I might be a little bit uh, <laughs> even. Uh, I'm from the same country as him, so I'm I'm very motivated to see him win. Um, but on the other hand, I, I just looking at how he can break. You know, I, I remember him going into Suzuka the last corner and overtaking. His teammate, who has the same car, the same tire as everything, and he overtakes the guy, and the guy on he's overtaking locks up. Max does, does yeah. not lock up. I mean, that's something phenomenal, you know. That the feeling that he has in the brakes, and the feeling that he, uh, and the judgment that he has to to overtake someone and and still make the corner without hitting them and you know, bluffing them away a little bit. He's he's a he's a rough racer, you know. He's not look at Raikkonen and all the comments that he had about Verstappen. It's it's just funny to watch because basically. He gets away with it because it's just on the limit of what's allowed, and um, and nobody really gets hurt. So it's it's he's doing the right 
exactly the right thing, and that's that's phenomenal. You know, that's that's really nice to watch. Well, I was asking you that because uh, how about this for an idea? How about you and Max uh, head off to to Le Mans as a double Dutch team? How about that? Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. I'm uh, I'm fully in. So uh, I think Max would be loving loving to do that as well. His dad did it in the past. I think he won it as well. Le Mans 24 hour in the LMP2. And I think Max is a guy. Uh, I mean, he. I think he's going to focus on Formula One, obviously. But I think uh, he has a great career ahead. And I think if he wants, he can do whatever he wants because he will win in everything. <laughs> well, that would be fun. And and you're right. I. We were watching Max today, and I was just like, "Wow, this! Uh, I think this could be the uh, the next F1 superstar." But well, let's talk a little bit about um, about you guys coming to Austin. I mean, obviously, that's where we are, Circuit of the Americas. Uh, you know, you guys. Uh, I know you got uh, your own date this time without WEC, and we just think that's awesome because that's the second weekend for us. So, what do you think about coming to Austin? I mean, for me personally, it's one of the best races here. I think, the, for example, the city on its own is great to go to. I always try to stay there for one day uh, earlier or later. Um, I love to go to the spring pool, for example. I don't know if you guys, uh, well, you are familiar with that, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's a really good place to go to. And I think also the track is really cool to drive. It's always always a good fight there where, um, where um, yeah, I think, you know, last year I won a championship basically there. And I think... Those kind of races, remember, I remember and will never forget. So uh, every time for me coming to Austin, it's a reminder to that. And I think the, the place is great. The track is great. The fight is always good. So uh, I'm ready to uh, to get there. It's, it's three it's three ways, sorry, it's three weeks of waiting right now to get back to that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you say you talked about going to Barton Springs? Is that what you said? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Barton Springs, that is definitely one of the jewels of the city. It's uh, It's amazing yeah. down there. It's funny. I have, we've had a lot of drivers come on, and they mostly talk about barbecue and Mexican food and live music. But Barton Springs is definitely one of the jewels of the city. That's great that you've been there. But um, well, so let uh, Jonathan, do you have another question for for Ringer? Yeah, I'm, I'm just you know you kind of touched on it, and Ranger, you've done so many different things. I just wonder, you know, what your ambition is now. I mean, you've got so much ahead of you. You've achieved so much already. I've seen you race at McGowan, obviously here at IMSA, uh, and you know, I, I'm just kind of wondering what your ambitions are with now. I mean, you know, uh, I think the place I'm at right now in the LMP2 and the DPI uh, uh, era, I would say, I think that's a great place to be, and I think you know, LMP1 is unbelievable night. I think that that's the highest professional racing outside of Formula 1 um, right now. I think IndyCar is somewhere close, but I, I reckon LMP1 in, uh, in the WEC right now is, uh, is, 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 is like Formula 1. Um, I think the endurance racing fits me very well. So if I could have a bit of a dream, I would say LMP1 is something I would like to do. It's just a matter of how long that will take. Um, I think LMP2 is the next step and I think I'm in it already I know I'm already in it so I think right now to be in IMSA uh, with the DPI growing and uh, being in this era of, uh, of racing with IMSA I think um, you know that, that's my ambition to stay here for a long time I'm with a team now that we are struggling for speed obviously with the car but it's also a team that knows what it takes to, uh, to make the car better to start winning races again and I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to pick up that um, that job and uh, and go for a long-term uh, future with them. So right now I'm very very happy where I am. Awesome. Well, so that was Jonathan Green. He's out there in uh, Long Beach, out there uh, where you were today. So 
Uh, well, Ringer, we really appreciate you coming on Speed City. We wish you the best of luck. And, uh, of course, here at Coda. But you know what? I want to ask you one question before you go. And we've yeah. asked this of a lot of race car drivers. And you're kind of a young driver, so I want to get your take. What do, what do you drive every day? Do you drive something really exciting? Please tell me it's something really exciting. <laughs> Last weekend was a cool one. I mean, if you look at my Instagram, it's a, it's a cool one. Because I, I have a baby. She's seven months old now. And uh, I had a Mercedes G-Class 63 AMG, which is like um, yeah, a bit of a pimp wagon, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> I was driving that one for the weekend, and um, yeah, that, that's a pretty cool one. And then I, I have a C-Class as well. Obviously, I'm racing still for Mercedes in Holland, and uh, sorry, in Europe, on the Nordschleife, 24-hour Spa, 24-hour Nürburgring. So yeah. um, that's my relationship with them. But that car was pretty pimp, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Mercedes uh, garage is what you get to pick from. I think you're probably doing okay there. That's awesome. Well, Ringer, yeah. thank, you, thank you so much for coming on Speed City, buddy, and we appreciate it, and uh, have, a, have a great rest of the season. We'll see you when you get to Austin. Awesome. Thanks for your time, and uh, keep in touch. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take another break, our last break, and when we come back, we're going to have Jonathan Green out there at Long Beach, and we're going uh, to play a little clip from, from Indy today, and we're going to talk a little MotoGP as well. So stick with us. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Ambi Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambi Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambi Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk1370. Let the tweeting begin! Just one more way to stay connected with Talk1370. The right choice. Talk1370. The right choice. Hey, this is Garrett Garloff. I ride the number 31 Yamaloop Graves Yamaha, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. Two weeks from now, MotoGP and Moto America in Austin at Circuit of the Americas. Fired up about that. Jonathan Green, do we have you out there from Long Beach? Hey, buddy. Are good you old there? California A in Long Beach. Awesome. We got yep, you, buddy. I'm here. Can you hear me? We got you. Yeah, we're two weeks away from MotoGP and Moto America here in Austin. Yeah, I know. And you know what? After today. 
in Argentina, I think it's setting up nicely because Yamaha have never had and nationally they're coming here with their tails up to the states and honda are with their tails down because they've had a bad start and the spaniards also need to get where they need to be because they had a rotten day in argentina they were all crying for argentina i know i watched uh, i don't know if you how much you got to see i know you probably didn't get to see much out there doing the any race and all that stuff but uh i was watching moto 2 and alex marquez was in second place and actually got into first place with like uh, two laps to go, and he was battling it out and uh, with Franco Morbidelli, and he crashed out on the last lap. And then, of course, Mark Marquez, his brother, crashes out in, uh, in MotoGP, and he was wide open in a huge lead. It was, it was really a, a bad weekend to be named Marquez. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But as we all know, he is Captain America. So to the, is he the bounce back kid in two weeks? We'll soon find out. I'll tell you who does have to bounce back, though, is, is Jorge Lorenzo. Um, it's just not started well at all for Jorge. And, you know, another retirement today and not the start he wanted. And I think, you know, I think this I think actually, even though it's only the third round at Austin, I think we're going to have a lot of guys with a lot of points to prove. And uh, Rossi's just one of them. And so, too, is uh, Vinales and Yamaha. But everybody else is going to be gunning for him. Oh, and I don't know if you saw the clip of but. Alice Spargo crashed into Divisiosa, Andrea Divisiosa. He got taken out again. It was like, oh, no. He was just minding his own business. In fact, he was kind of moving to a line that was a better line, and Espargo just blasted right out his, just right underneath him and took him out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you, this is this is a great start to the season, um, a wide open start. And I tell you, you know, you've got uh, Crutchlow getting on the podium today, you know, on a non-factory Honda. You've got Zarco coming into MotoGP. Uh, clearly, the Frenchman and Jonas Folger uh, are not here to make up the names or the numbers. <laughs> so I think it's going to be a really wide open season this year. Well, you said it a while ago about Marquez, too, coming back to Austin. I mean, He's just been bulletproof here and has won every time. And But, you know, you remember, what was it, two seasons ago, we thought Marquez, he, we thought he would never, it felt like he was never going to lose a race again. I mean, you know, it, it, at least a championship. And now he's not so, you know, he's not so bulletproof. What do you think of that? I mean, what, what's causing that? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's it's a it's a study of motor racing full stop. I mean, you know, you get everybody, whether it's two four two wheels or four wheels, you know, everybody gets that purple patch where the setup is right, the tires are right, or the engine is right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm looking at Indy here this weekend. You know, Honda were having their noses rubbed in it a year ago by Chevrolet, and now it's the opposite. You know, Honda are on the ascendance, and they were up. Uh, where they should be in MotoGP, it was the same for Marquez. He had the sweet spot with that Honda for you know literally two seasons, and then suddenly he was messing about with chassis last year, going back one year uh, because he didn't like the chassis. So it really is kind of like a it's a it's a moving target. We always call it that motor racing, but when you hit that target, you stick with it as long as you can because it just changes, and then suddenly you're out of sorts again. So all the riders are equal in terms of their abilities, I think, or pretty down close. Um, but I think it's when you have the combination of a great rider and a great bike that that's what you see it and that's what you saw with um uh you know uh, with, with marquez. marquez for the last two years yeah you know and i i think maybe i was it just seems so much so uh so much that it was marquez than the machinery it's just like mercedes has been in formula one like you're saying but marquez was you know he was so loose on the bike and so you know he would 
he would act like he would look like he's about to crash and he would save it. But you're right. If you have everything in the purple spot, as you put it, then I guess that's what it was. So uh, but it, it was fun well, to other, watch. And, other, and he's obviously he's great. So. Yeah, the other thing to think about is look look at Ma- Maverick Vinales now. He's on the Yamaha. He seems to have kind of like just found his form. And don't forget that him and Marquez fought it out as kids. So if we can get Marquez back to getting that, that sweet loving feeling Ooh, yeah. and Vinales continues this and Rossi, we are going to have an almighty fight because you know that eventually – um, Divisioso and Lorenzo will be there, so it could be really cool to see Mark Marquez, Vinales, Rossi, and Ped, uh, you know Pedrosa and um, Lorenzo go for it, and that really opens it right up. See, that's gonna that's gonna happen. It's all gonna come together here two weeks from now in Austin. That's where it's all gonna happen. That's my prediction. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to talk a little IndyCar because you were out there in the thick of it, and and in fact. Uh, why don't we set up this? Once you set up this clip, with you were at the uh, at the press conference and Hinchcliffe was on the stage. Set this up a little. Yeah, I mean, this was a, a massively emotional day. Long Beach is long history. It's one of the oldest races in Indy, and with most tradition, people call it the Mini Five Hundred because it's got so much prestige. It was Brian Redman, my very own Brian Redman, who won here in 1975, and since then all the greats have won here. But Hinchcliffe winning today with Sham Schmidt um, Motorsport. Uh, if you know the story behind it, um, Sham Schmidt almost lost his life and is in a wheelchair now. Uh, and James Hinchcliffe had a massive accident a couple of years ago, which almost ended his career career if not his life so he got pole position at indy um at the 500 uh, you're sort of going back to the scene of the crime but today he was back to winning ways um some two years um after his last win which was a month before that massive crash so it was a massively massively emotional moment uh, for him to win today and let's hear from him at the press conference literally in front of a uh, hundred people who were so pleased for him like it's been a long time. It's um, a long time both in your personal life and in your professional life. But welcome back to Victory Lane. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot's changed since the last time we were uh, we were sitting up here. And it's just so nice to be back. You know, we came really close last year. Um, you know, a lot of people talked about 2016 as sort of the comeback year. And, you know, personally, we really wanted to as a team put an exclamation point on that by getting into Winter Circle and became, you know, as, as close as humanly possible in Texas last year and didn't quite get the job done so we were you know sore to uh, to not win a race last year and we worked really hard this offseason to just perfect the package that we had we had good speed at a lot of races last year and to uh, to roll off you know the first two races of the season be in the fast six both times um, you know if not for a, a caution falling at the wrong time in St. Pete probably could have been at least in the top five if not on the podium there and uh, and to, to do it here you know and finally at this place a track that I love so much, a track that's been very good to me in my career, and, and one that I think is the Indy 500 of, of street tracks. You know, it's it's the second longest running race after the 500, and I think because of that history, it makes it a very special event, and it's one that... So, Jonathan, that is, obviously, he's emotional about it, a special event for him. I mean, you were right there in the room with him. How, how was he, was he, did he look emotional, obviously? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously, you know, a lot of water has gone on the bridge, but yeah, I, and I think it'll become 
more so because it, you know when it all sinks in tonight because he was literally fresh off the podium and he's such a popular driver i mean you know um he's only the second canadian to win here um but he you know the, the american fans and the way his personality is i mean in the press conference in the in the um qualifying he was joking around about people's ages and just having fun and, and everybody enjoys his company and i think you know indy's going from strength to strength at the moment and every different winner it's great to have uh, board back to being competitive it's great to have new winners and different winners it's great to see honda taking on chevrolet and really pushing forward and it's great to see young guys we saw a great finish for ed jones today uh who is one of the youngest drivers coming up here uh top six finish for him rossi sadly didn't get finished but um uh, his car didn't finish and uh, he ended up uh, having been in third place at one point um not finishing the race but um not a great day for andretti but a fantastic day for sam schmidt and the team and especially of course for james hinchcliffe to come back after what was a very very near death experience a couple of years ago yeah and it was it's good for the sport i think i think this not only is it good for the sport because of hinchcliffe good for the sport because the series uh you know i mean because of of the way he it, it all happened you know and so he's a great guy and that's one thing is good for the sport but the way it happened as well so all right jonathan we got to wrap it up we just got a few seconds left Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about what we got coming up at Coda because in two weeks we got MotoGP. Get your tickets, circuitoftheamericas.com. And we're going to be out there. Speed City will be out there doing some commentary so you can listen to us out there on the loudspeakers. And we're going to also have it live right here on KJCE Talk 1370. All right, we got to go. Wrap it up. Jonathan, have a good week out there, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Get the latest business news from CNBC. Weekday mornings at 6.30 and 8.30 and weekday afternoons at 12.30, 4.30 and 5.30. We make you smarter. Hopefully it'll also make you some money. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.